Hey y'all, it's me, Queen J, back with another episode of Let's Get Uncomfortable. So, to continue the same thread of where we've been for um, the previous episode, um, as y'all know, before we even get started on today's topic, we're going to do a little bit of mindfulness. So, with that being said, we are going to continue in the same vein of what we were talking about in the last episode. So, just be prepared for that. Um, yeah, this one, this one going to shake y'all. This one going to make y'all a bit uncomfortable, but that's what we're here for. But again, um, without further ado, we're going to start with a bit of mindfulness first. Pause, breathe, relax. It is now time for us to open our mind to learning new ways about how we can navigate around healing within this lifetime. It is now time that we let go of all judgment and provide only a space where we are aware so that we can receive new things and new teachings surrounding our story, our present, and our futures. It is now time for us to learn how to use our past to help us better navigate within the present so that we don't repeat the same mistakes for our future. It is now time for us to carefully take a look at our inner self and the things that have caused us to be certain ways by way of our past, by way of our mistakes. No judgment here. Again, just be mindful of what those specific choices and specific situations have caused you to carry onto your plate that isn't necessarily yours to carry. Um, yeah, so we'll leave it at that. All right, y'all. I hope that that gave y'all some, some center. I hope that brought y'all some peace, some clarity, um, gave you a space so that you'll be receptive to what we have to say today, what we have to talk about. So, um, cause it definitely did that for me. Um, so this topic is, like I said, it's going to be within the same vein of what we talked about in the previous episode, which was my testimony. If y'all want to listen to that, Go ahead and listen to that. Pause this and listen to that. That's fine. Um, so that y'all can kind of understand what we're really going to be digging into here. But again, in the same vein, we are talking about being damaged but not destroyed. Again, this is from 
Pastor Michael Todd's uh, series that he is currently doing. Now, I'm kind of behind because I'm going like sermon by sermon right now. So just bear with me. But I watched the um, sermon. Um, I think this was part three, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't remember. Y'all have to look it up on YouTube. But it's titled Snitches Get Stitches. And basically, it's all about how people in today's world have been conditioned to believe that if you witness something that was wrong or something that is just unjust and completely unfair, if you are the person that speaks out against that said injustice, then you are the one that's going to have a punishment far worse than you just telling the truth, right? And it's interesting because this is the same mentality that victims of, and I hate the word victims, but for the sake of this episode, we're going to say victims, <laughs> but that victims of um, domestic um, violence, uh, sexual abuse, you know, things, things of this nature and, and, and just anything that causes any type of um, harm to the self by another person's hand or whatever, by another person's actions, we'll just say that so that we can limit all the trigger warnings because this is just going to be a trigger warning episode. And you can imagine it's going to get tiring if I keep having to say trigger warning here, trigger warning here, trigger warning here. So this is just going to be a trigger warning series. <laughs> Let's get uncomfortable is called let's get uncomfortable for a reason. But I'm going to still give you all the trigger warnings every every now and then. But um, for the sake of time and for the sake of like effectiveness, I'm just going to kind of flow with it, flow with it. So what I am talking about specifically when when pertaining to snitches get stitches. Um, For me personally, in my life, I was about... I'm going to just say I was in, I was just beginning elementary school. Like I probably was in like first or second grade when I first heard that, you know, you're on the playground, you witness something, some, some bullying going down, some fighting, you know, some, some words, exchanging of words and fists are flying and things like this. And one of the people that's involved in the situation is just so happens to be one of your close friends, one of your close people. And it like, that's wrong, right? And I'm about to go, and true story, I'm about to go get the teacher. I'm about to go speak out against what I saw. And all of a sudden, these girls come over to me and they're like, now nah, we'll fuck you up too. And yeah, we was cussing back then. <laughs> but that's besides the point. <laughs> that's besides the point. They was saying like, nah, we'll fuck you up too. We'll mess you up too, da 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 And little me was not with that at all. And I was never scared to tell the truth. I was never scared like, oh, if I tell on them, they gonna hurt me. Cause I knew, I knew that I was small, but I was mighty, okay? And I wasn't gonna take that laying down. I just was not going to. And that did not happen. Ultimately, what ended up happening was I was the kid on the playground that got bullied so bad because I always wanted to speak out against what others were doing. And that's still something that's a part of me now. Like, I could tell you an even more recent time when I was in college and I was at a house party 
and I saw this girl like clearly not interested in dancing with this dude and I stood up mind you I was tipsy myself but I was very cognizant of what was going on and I stepped to him like I was a whole nigga <laughs> I stepped to him like I was a whole dude I said will you leave her alone she don't want you leave her be and he was like oh so you want some I was like I don't just leave her alone and the girl looked at me and she was like thank you I said you're welcome boo like because you not feeling him right and she was like no I'm really I'm really just trying to dance with my friends and she told him that and this dude was like man anybody ask you calling me calling me out my name and stuff and I'm like yeah but See, when someone feels uncomfortable like that, you should pay attention because they don't want your they don't want your attention. They don't want you to touch them. They don't want you to be around them. And mind you, it's a house party, so everybody looking kind of like it's kind of quiet, but it's still like there's still some activity going on, like the music is playing and stuff. But when this happened, the dude was staring at me like he was about to do something to me, and I was like, "Do it!" Like I stepped to him, like, "Okay, then do it, then do it, then whatever consequence is about to happen." I promise you I've been through worse. And that was just my mentality back then. So I was just like, whatever you think you about to do to me, you're not going to be able to do to me because this is actually my friend's party <laughs> and they're home and they don't tolerate that shit either. So it was just crazy because in that moment, I was like, dang, why do I always? And it's not that I, I don't like that about myself. It's that sometimes I'll be feeling like it's the wrong time. But what I had to realize is, as a person who's honest and who's authentic, right? There's never going to be a right time to just stay honest. There's never going to be a time where it's like, oh, well, you shouldn't speak up right now. No, 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 because the truth is the truth. And what's wrong is wrong. And this snitches get stitches mentality is fucking bullshit. And I've always thought it was bullshit. Always. Like I said, when I was in first grade, I was like, I ain't taking that. I heard that shit from my family members. I was like, I ain't taking that. Like, okay, and what's the punishment? Bring on the punishment because I'm ready for it. Because guess what? You could tell me that, but I'm still speaking. I'm still using my voice to help this person. I'm still using my voice to tell you that this shit is wrong, no matter what. And you know what's funny? What's very ironic is that that's something that, like I said, came up a lot in my life and still comes up to this day. And I still do that to this day. But as a kid, when I was going through my own personal incidents, I would speak out against it. Again, this is where trigger warning comes in. I would black out because I was made to black out. Let's just say that. Made to black out. And then I would speak up and they'd be like, damn, that was the wrong time. Or I would tell myself or rather something would tell me that that was the wrong time. Or someone would come to me and be like, yeah, that wasn't the right way to say that, Janae. Like, you could have said it a lot better or your delivery was off. And it's like, look, I get that my delivery be off sometimes, but sometimes in its urgency, you got to be that. You got to be that blunt. Because people don't understand if you sugarcoat and shit. They really don't. If you don't be direct with something, and this is where it gets heavy, this is where it gets hard, because a lot of times people be like, well, I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating shit. Okay, don't sugarcoat shit. Totally agree. But in certain situations, if you're too direct, it can cause someone to not want to, you know, say some stuff. But if you're di if you're not direct enough to the point where you're just like giving code and you're just like, well, you're hinting at things, but you're not like 
the the hint is so damn great that everybody's just looking at you like what the fuck are you saying then you got to be a little bit more aggressive you got to be like no this is the shit that's happening and it, you got to have evidence you got to say like this happened at this time this happened at this time i got this i got that you got to have your receipts and i'm somebody that always had my receipts okay my brain is my fucking receipt my my experience my experience is my fucking receipt the way that i exist in this world is my fucking receipt so that is just it's it's very interesting so with the stitches get men, get that with the snitches get stitches mentality basically society was trying to condition us even to this day like that if you tell about something wrong that i have done then if you if you try to tell anybody something about, about something wrong that i have done to you then your punishment is going to be far worse to make it to make it plain right but in this sermon pastor michael Zott was talking about how nah it's really called being honest it's really called being honest it's not snitching it's really called being honest because you're telling the truth right you're not lying on somebody's name you're not attacking their character you attacking the wrong person's character. You attacking the person that's doing wrong. Yes. Or the situation that is wrong. Yes. But that's okay because you're shedding a light on it. Not even attacking them. We shedding the light on it. We making them uncomfortable. Put their feet to the fire because if you, if you didn't feel like it was wrong, baby, you wouldn't have been uncomfortable when I said I'm about to go tell. If you didn't feel like, and I'm going to say that again. If you didn't feel like what the fuck you was doing was wrong. <laughs> then you wouldn't be uncomfortable if I'm going to go tell. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be running scared. Like, you wouldn't be threatening me an act of punishment. You, psh, man, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that because that's annoying. That's absolutely frustrating to be like, man, if you tell, snitches get stitches. Oh, you going to beat me up because I'm telling the truth? Oh, okay. <laughs> Bet now I'm gonna tell the truth even more because now you know what you was doing is wrong, and because you're in your thought process of well, I don't want to get in trouble. So if you tell, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get retribution. It's just the it's just the principle, whatever the hell, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yes, I'm cussing. I know I'm talking about a sermon, but like this one touched my heart a little bit, so I apologize if it offends anybody. But that's just my mouth right now. I can't. I I'm gonna try to do better, but. I don't think it's going to get any better. It might get worse. Just rock with me though. Rock with me though. So basically he was saying, um, he was talking about how basically Jesus had came and visited some people. And one of the um, disciples named uh, Thomas wasn't, wasn't present. Like he wasn't there. He was going through his own stuff. He, he wasn't there. So, he hearing from everybody else that, you know, Jesus came and he's real and all this other stuff. And he was like, I, I feel y'all and, and, and that's cool for you, but I'm mad. Like I'm mad because I ate with this man. I did this with this man. I did this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not believing you until I see it, until I see him, until I like, he was mad about the fact that he missed that chance to go and see him or to be able to see him. And he didn't wait. So he was like, dang, this man couldn't wait. I ate bread with this man. I did this with him. I did all this other stuff. Yeah, that's cool for y'all. 
but I ain't happy. I ain't believing y'all until I see him myself. Because me and him, we got beef right now. I need to have some words with him, basically. That's how Thomas was, Thomas was feeling. And he gave him a new nickname and he said, we're going to start calling him Honest Thomas because he was honest about his situation. He was like, look, that's cool for y'all. Fine and dandy. But man, I'm mad about me right now because that's cool for you. It's not cool for me though because I actually spent time with him. I was with him for this long. You know what I mean? And I didn't see him. So I'm a little mad that he didn't come see me. I'm a, I'm a little mad. Like, you mean tell me he could come anywhere but when i was going through my struggle he didn't he didn't come to me i i feel it he he was being real he was being honest so what he was saying was i wrote down some notes and stuff he basically said being honest it's going to take faith and it's going to take that because you have to trust that your honesty even if it makes people uncomfortable you're going to do it anyway because it's you being your authentic self. It's you using your voice for the better, right? It's you inspiring, potentially inspiring somebody else to come forward and say, yeah, this happened to me too. Like you ain't the only one. I'm not alone, right? But it, as hard as it is, that's why it takes that faith. It takes that leap of courage for you to be like, hey, this is what happened and this is how. Like, I hope, Though for those of y'all who listened to the, the previous podcast episode where I talked about my testimony, I really hope that y'all don't think it was just like, okay, one day I just woke up and I was like, I'm just going to tell. That's not how it was. It was actually a bit of a struggle to be honest in that way, considering the family dynamics, considering the way that I was groomed, considering the way that the incidents were happening, considering who was involved. There were so many layers to dissect that I literally did not, or put it in my family's eyes, they said that I fully did not tell them until I was fully an adult, until I was 24. That's not surprising for them to feel that way because, you know, as a child, when you're speaking out, sometimes you don't say the right thing. Sometimes they don't pay attention. Sometimes... You know, there's a lot that goes on in that in that in that role of a parent and the role of a child, especially if you're being raised in an environment where you there's no space to actually like come out and actually say these things just openly and you already have that threat looming over you. So it's different. It's a lot different. But trust when I say that being honest took some courage. It took some faith. I had to jump out and trust like, yo, my family's gonna hold me, like I'm gonna be held in this time, right? And not just that, but my friends. And one thing that um, he also was saying that we're gonna need is, we're gonna need, first, being honest, it's going to take faith, so we're gonna need faith. The second thing is we're gonna need friends, but here's the thing about friends. We are gonna need friends that are capable of handling and dealing with us in our transformation. So what that means is y'all ever have a situation like I know I've had situations where I like have had obviously I've had the situation but like where I have had to be extremely honest about a situation within a friend group and I was so 
nervous that I was going to lose my friends because of my honesty, because of the simple fact that they potentially could side with whoever. They could side with the person rather than understanding where I'm coming from. That's happened before. Um, and it makes it that much harder to speak out, right? And be honest because of this snitches get stitches mentality. The consequences are supposed to outweigh your voice, right? That's what's supposed to happen in that mentality, in that societal frame of mind, in that, in that lens. If you tell, if you speak your story, if you share the truth, if you're honest, your punishment is supposed to be far worse than you speaking, right? Because they want to stop your voice, right? So basically, I, the moment that I saw that, the moment that I saw that, I was listening and I was like, he about to say friends. And when he said friends, I literally got up and started running around the room because I was like, oh my goodness. When I was going through um, some of my worst transformation periods and some of my worst like realization periods, I um, didn't necessarily have the, the, the most supportive friend group. Um, in fact, my venting became um, annoying. My my need for comfort became too much and I became needy rather than those friends that I eventually would have later down the line that were just like, nah, we just holding space for you. Like they would literally just sit um, in my room after I'm just sitting here not speaking. They're just like, they're not forcing me to talk. They're not saying, Janae, you need to open up. You need to talk. You need to tell us. They're just perfectly okay with sitting in the stillness and the silence of this is where she's at right now. She's processing a lot. Like I'm here for her whenever she wants to speak and I might get emotional, but Hey, let's get uncomfortable. That That's what this is about. Because for real, like when I went through some of the hardest things that I ever experienced within my family, within my own personal journey in college, when I was um, going through it in 2018, I had friends that just knew me so well by that point that they knew like Janae's quiet when she's going through her struggles or when she's going through these things, she feels like she has to go through them alone. And they understood that to the point where it was just like, I'm, I'm just sitting at the bed. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm here, I'm waiting, I'm willing and I'm ready to whenever you're ready to talk, I'm not going to force you to talk. I'm just going to be here. And that is something very powerful to have, especially if you're ever considering telling your story. You want to make sure that the people in your circle are not going to be the first persons to be like, man, that's a bold-faced lie. They're not going to pin you to the cross if you are even remotely interested in sharing your story. Like, true story, when I first started talking about... um the incidents, um, I had a friend who just sat there and she just, she didn't judge me, but because she was so quiet and I wasn't used to people like just letting me talk, I was so much more used to people like interrupting me and saying like, oh, well that didn't happen. Like talking over me when I cut myself off, she's like, no, keep going. 
And I was like, huh? And I, I was like, I, she was like, no, 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 keep going. You good. I'm listening. I'm just here. I'm, I'm listening to you. And I'm like, wow. And to hear that it was, I'm listening to you, but it wasn't followed by a but or a yet. It wasn't followed by it, but like, it's too much for me. I can't handle it. And yes, I know at times, like I would definitely be giving out way too much details, but that's what happens when you first start in the trauma and you first start coming out of it and you've realized that your voice has been suppressed. That's the first thing that comes out. So it's really nice to be in this space where I now am able to be like, okay, I'm secure in myself and I'm secure in what happened and what I experienced and what I felt and who I now am. I'm not the person that other people tried to make me out to be and paid me to be. And again, with this snitches get stitches mentality, you're going to need friends that are willing to grow with you and not try to pinpoint every single trauma that you've ever had that are willing to say, yes, that this happened, acknowledge it with you and do their best to push you forward on your journey. They're not going to hold you to your past. They're not going to say, well, you need to just start talking now. You know what I mean? It's a lot more difficult than people think when they're like, okay, yeah, the first step is to just, just, just talk about it. That's actually not the first step. First step for me, if I, if I had to define it, I really would say is even becoming aware of the fact that it's even happening in the first place because the mind is very powerful and it's so, um, it's sole job is to protect us in every way, shape and form. The body keeps the score, but the mind can block out all of the traumatic stuff. And that's why like we have those moments where we relive something and you're like, okay, I have to be vocal about this. You know what I mean? So we can come back. I'm gonna come back to the whole friends thing because something is coming to me right now about friendship and, and like them dealing with us within our transformation. But there's another thing that it's going to take. It's going to take focus. Acknowledgement of the pain, but focus on Jesus. I was not ready for that one. When he got to that bullet point, I was, I was not ready for that. I wasn't ready for that. And you know why I wasn't ready for it? Because I have a tattoo and it is, it says no judgment, only awareness. Those of you who know me personally, y'all know why I got this, but and y'all gonna hear the story again. But basically I got this tattoo that says no judgment, only awareness on my left arm because I was going through some really bad, bad um, thoughts. We're just going to say bad thoughts, trigger warning here. If you can read between the lines, trigger warning. Um, and I was going through this period where I found myself like slowly spiraling and it wasn't something that I had intended on happening. It just like kind of accidentally happened. Um, to make a long story short, I had an internal panic attack that, that, that resulted in an external panic attack because I couldn't grasp it when it became an internal one. And what ended up happening was I started judging myself so harshly on every single, um, memory every single incident that came up every single conversation that came up where i was uh made to be a liar every single thing that could have been used against me just was in my head at that time and i was like you know what it's true 
it, it, it has to be true because why would my mind be turning against me? Why, why is all this stuff happening? Why can't I breathe properly? Like it got to the point where I was outside and I was like, okay, I am like full blown panicking. I am full blown, not present anymore. And I need to call someone because I don't want to take myself to the hospital. First of all, I don't think I should drive. So that's one. <laughs> Two is what's going on? Why can't I grasp these feelings? What's happening? You know what I mean? So wh why is my brain moving so much faster than than my heart? Why, why is everything getting to this point anyway? So in that moment, I just kept hearing a voice say, no judgment, only awareness. All of a sudden... I'm back in my house, you know, I get back in my room, I get back in my house and I called a family member and I'm like, okay, so I, I'm, I'm panicking right now. I'm, I'm internalized, like internalizing a lot of, um, bad things that have ever been said to me and I'm starting to believe them. And it's like really pissing me off. All of a sudden I've heard this voice say no judgment, only awareness. And I'm like, the hell? Okay. <laughs> like what why did that give me so much peace why did that give me so much calm like instantly when I heard the voice my soul was just like it was like it was like a it was like a woo saw moment and this was the first time that I've ever heard this by the way like this was not something that was like oh I've been hearing this and like I just knew and I could just grasp onto it. No, it was like a lifeline almost. It was like, it, it saved my life. I'm gonna just say that. It saved my life. And what ultimately ended up happening was, um, I wrote on my mirror that same thing. And I'm like, yo, where'd that come from? <laughs> like, I was so mind blown by this tattoo and this the, this phrase and the way that I wrote it. I was like, huh? What do you mean? Like, I was so confused. And then I take a bath and all I'm saying as I'm in this bathtub is no judgment, only awareness. No judgment, only awareness. And what it really means to me is the, the purpose of this, um, this third bullet point. To be honest, it's going to take focus, acknowledgement of the pain, but focus on Jesus, right? So... A lot of times when we start to share our story, when we start to really um, be authentically ourselves and show up as um, our true self, it, the, it tends to shed, it tends to shine a huge light on the trauma and the pain and not enough on the um how we overcame it like let's say for example like a lot of the times when people tell their story there are so many people that are going to nitpick and be like so were you assaulted or were you or were you um arguing or did he do this did she do this did did they like you know what i mean like they ask for the specifics because they're trying to pinpoint okay it needs to make sense in my mind for your story to make sense for me. But that's not true. Oh, and I've been on that receiving end of that so many times in my life where 
people have asked me for clarification details and it's like they don't they don't need all of that and sometimes you want to give that because you want to be believed so badly but again snitches get stitches mentality it's like well if i tell them all the details then i'm gonna get in trouble with them or i'm gonna get in trouble with whatever right so granted they are clarifying questions but the problem is when we acknowledge the pain we tend to do the same thing that they're doing where we latch onto the trauma we latch onto the pain we we attach ourselves to okay so you were feeling x y and z so you did this to your body or you did this in in certain ways or you didn't overcome this the way that you should have overcame it and that's where the judgment takes place that's why i always say hold space without judgment because i used i i promise y'all when i say that it's tatted on me it's tatted on me for a reason because i used to judge myself about it as harshly as the other people around me did i used to believe that i was a liar i used to believe that i was a drama queen i used to believe that i was selfish even though i know that i was giving myself to everybody like i used to believe all the lies that people said about me and i used to believe the pain the lies that the pain tells and i'm gonna say that again because when we experience pain pain comes with a lie oh my goodness y'all i'm oh hold on what the hold on hold on <laughs> my fault y'all i need some water because what i'm about to spit is gold um <laughs> okay so a lot of the times when we experience pain it comes with a lie it's not a gift it's not something that we wanted right but it comes with a lie attached. Pain comes with a lie attached. Oh my gosh, the last time I ever said this, I had written something in my journal and I was like, I never knew what that, I knew it was gonna come up one day. I knew it was gonna come up one day. And that is today. Pain comes with a lie. No matter how you wanna slice it. The lie can either be that you didn't suffer the pain in the first place, because your brain makes you think that, well, we just gonna block that out. That didn't actually happen. Or you exist in a different reality and where it did not happen, right? That's lie number one, option number one. Lie number two could be you speak out against the pain and somebody in in that was involved in the pain tells them, don't believe her, she crazy. Don't believe her. Don't believe her, she a liar, right? So it comes with a lie. There's something attached to pain, a lie. And a lie is not a truth. A lie is mm, a lie is literally a a phrase or or weapon of choice that is being used against you so that you don't speak out. It's another way to silence your voice. So with that being said, what we are being called to do when we're looking at being damaged but not destroyed and actually sitting in the uncomfortableness of healing and being focused on and breaking this, this societal mentality of snitches get stitches, what we're being called to do is acknowledge the pain because baby girl, baby boy, and, and uh, <laughs> gentle woman and gentle men and, and everybody, baby, 
let me tell you something. If we refuse to acknowledge the pain, it comes up in other ways. It comes up in anger. It comes up in anxiety. It comes up in fights. It comes up, it shows itself in different forms. It shows up in relationships. You can't keep a relationship because you're too pissed off. You know why you're too pissed off? Maybe take a little bit and do some digging and see why you're so pissed off. Why you got some anger issues there? Why you got some trust issues? And I'm not saying this is for everybody, but I feel like it might be for everyone because literally when we fail to acknowledge our own pain, that is why it festers in us. But if we take it and we say, yeah, that happened and move forward and focus on Jesus or focus on peace, whatever you want to call it, because this isn't just a, you know, just a Christian podcast, but if you acknowledge, if you if you allow yourself to focus on the pain, you'll forever be in that state of mind. If you focus on what hurts you, you'll forever be in that state of mind. You'll become bitter. You'll become cold. You'll become rude. You'll become calloused. You'll become all of those things that you're probably otherwise not. But because you don't want to let go of the pain, then you're acting out because don't nobody understand me. And I know because I've been there. I promise y'all I have been there. I just talked with, with to give y'all some context. I just talked with my stepdad and my stepdad told me, Janae, you were so angry. And I was on the phone with him like, yeah, I know. And he was like, no, I mean like you, we would ask you to do stuff and you would be, you would be like, I hate it here. I don't want to be here. Da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah, I was angry. But that's my acknowledgement of my pain. And that's his acknowledgement of my pain as well. Like you were angry, you were hurt, you were sad. Key word being were, right? Key word being was. But then like, again, he says, focus on Jesus or peace. If you want to give it, you know, Jesus peace for me, but literally focus on Jesus. Acknowledge the pain, but don't focus on the pain. That's the whole point. And then the last thing, this is where it's going, oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt because it hurt me. <laughs> it's going to hurt. And I'm just letting you know, it's going to hurt in a good way. It's going to hit. It's going to hit. And it's going to hit in a good way. So to be honest, it's all about being honest, right? It's going to take falling apart. I'm going to say that one more time because the emphasis needs to, it need to hit. <laughs> it got to hit. To be honest, it's going to take falling apart. So in order to be honest, you have to be willing to fall apart. And a lot of times, and he touched on this in the sermon, a lot of times the church tells us, nah, it's okay, don't go back there. You good, you solid. Jesus is your savior. You ain't gotta worry about it. You ain't gotta fall apart. You gotta be strong. You gotta be resilient. Put that shit on your back. I mean, they don't say that, but you know what I mean? Like they, they, they. <laughs> see, I can't, I'm trying, but I'm not, I'm not doing it in a bad way. I promise. I'm literally just talking, but for real, like carry that, handle that. Stand on that. You strong. You ain't gotta. You ain't gotta be vulnerable. Don't let them see you cry. Don't let them see you weak. Don't let them see you fall. Right. That's how it is. Right. That's how it is. We can all agree that that is how it is. Usually, 
Everybody is constantly telling us to be stronger than what we are or to understand that we are more resilient than what we think we are and that we have to carry that. But baby, I'm telling you right now, you don't have to carry it. I've talked about setting boundaries. I've talked about carrying baggage into other stuff that you don't need to carry anymore. And that was from a different podcast called Black Girl Self-Care. Shout out to her. But for real, it's going to take falling apart. But baby, you can't fall apart if you still carrying the baggage. If you still carrying the pain, the emotional suffering that you went through, if you still carrying the mental exhaustion that you went through, if you still carrying the victim mentality that you went through, you ain't going nowhere. And here's why, because you're stuck there. A lot of times there are people in our lives that want us to stay in our past because they don't want us to be who we truly are supposed to be. They don't want us to outgrow that because then that means there is a lack of something on their part. They, they, they're, they're forced to acknowledge the stuff that they have to acknowledge within themselves and they don't want to do that. And that's cool. That's on them. But don't let that affect your healing. Don't let that affect your inner work that you're doing because it don't matter. It ain't about them. It's about you. Full stop. Don't need to elaborate on that. But this is also where we got to get uncomfortable. Vulnerability. Exposing to be made new. Renewed in your mind, body, and spirit, and soul. For real. And I talk about this all the time. The reason why I made Let's Get Uncomfortable is literally about this. It's about using the strength of your vulnerability and the power of connectivity to break through a generational curse. Whether that be abuse, whether that be self-harm, whether that be self-sabotaging, whether that be inconsistencies, whether that be all the plethora of different diagnoses of, of mental health disorders, whatever the case it may fall under, that's what it's all about. Because at the end of the day, vulnerability is how you find your correct friends. Vulnerability is how you find the right people. Because y'all ever notice that if you're vulnerable with the quote-unquote incorrect person or wrong person, you know immediately? Because they either going to take that and they're going they gonna to value what you say or they're going to take it and not value what you say and tell other people and then and paint you to be something that you're not. There's two different outcomes. Of course, there's way many more, but in that scenario specifically, there's two different outcomes. But each thing starts with what? Being vulnerable. Being able to trust the person in your environment, right? So it's crazy because as we're talking about being authentic, I went on in the sermon and it says, God doesn't bless who we pretend to be, who we post to be, or who we project to be. He only blesses who we really are. He only heals who we truly are. And I'm a, and this might be controversial, but personally, I'm going to say she, as I really think that God is a woman 
or I just uh, like um I just feel like with all the pain that women suffer through, especially black women, it gives me comfort in knowing that it's a possibility. <laughs> but I don't know. The universe only blesses who we truly are for my spiritual people, for my my uber spiritual people, like for my astrology people too, like the universe only blesses who we truly show up as. They don't care. They don't care. They, we're just going to say they. <laughs> they don't care who you pretend to be, who you post to be, so who you project to be into the world on social media, and who we project to be to others or to ourselves. Only who we truly are what we truly encompass. Now that's deep. That's very deep. At least for me it is. I don't know if it's deep for you. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's deep for you. But it was deep for me. Now I'm gonna keep going and I'm gonna come back. So this is I also wrote a note here. I said freedom is the goal. Truth is the path, right? Confession is the key and healing is the result. And I connected it back to my to this beautiful podcast. Um, let's get uncomfortable equals growth. You see, the more vulnerable we are equals the more honest we are, right? And what that means is, oh, wait a second. No, no, no. <laughs> almost messed it up. <laughs> I wrote it and I messed it up. See, I make mistakes. I make mistakes. I'm human. It's okay. Literally. So the more vulnerable I am, the more glory that God or the universe gets. The more vulnerable that we all are, the more honest that we all are, the more growth we get, right? Because we learn from our vulnerability. There is, I don't understand why this is yet but there's a lot of humility within our vulnerability and i think i think if y'all can rock with me for a little bit i think that is why when we are vulnerable we are shedding ourselves right we are shedding our old selves killing off our old life being dead to the to all that right do being dead to the past pain or whatever Whatever it is, whatever we have come from, even if it was if it was bad, whatever, right? But there is also growth within that as well because in order to be made new again, you have to be willing to let go of what once was. And I'm talking, you can let go of expectations that you have for somebody else. You can't expect you out of everybody. You can't expect you to show up in every freaking room. You can't expect that. There are a lot of things that cause pressure for me, a lot of things that cause me anxiety in the past that do not cause me anxiety anymore. I used to get anxiety over having a simple conversation on the phone. And you would never believe that because I have this podcast, but I swear I used to hate the sound of my voice. I used to call my mom and be like, I'm not, I'm not ordering the pizza. 
I can't order the pizza. I can't order the pizza. Why not? I just, I don't want to talk. I don't want them to hear my voice. I don't like my voice. I don't want to, like, we would literally, I, it's crazy because I would be like, I'm not, I just don't want to talk to them. You, I would literally call us. I'll call them, but you, you talk to them. <laughs> they was like, no, you talk to them. And it's crazy because you would never think that given the fact that I was in customer service jobs, that I was, you know, that I've done these things for quite a lot, a while. But before I ever had a job, that was the situation. But then it took me getting more comfortable on the phone with people. Like my family members would be like, you don't call me. No, I don't like talking on the phone. Why not? I don't like talking on the phone. I don't like my voice. I hate the sound of my voice. Why do you hate the sound of your voice? You know, digging a little bit deeper and figuring out why I hated the sound of my voice. Well, I wasn't accustomed to me actually being able to speak and not be interrupted by somebody else within my family. So never had the floor. So made me uncomfortable with my own voice. Bottom line. That's it in a nutshell. And the more honest I was about that, I was able to be like, no, I actually do. Like, I miss hearing people's voices. Like, I do actually like talking to people on the phone. But it's this situation that I per don't particularly like. I don't like talking on the phone because nine times out of ten, like, there would be situations where I would get into, uh, let's just say, trigger warning here, verbal abuse. I would have a lot of verbal abuse. Didn't like talking on the phone. Um, That's it. Didn't want to go down that path. Every time I'd be on the phone, I would be getting yelled at or somebody would be yelling at me or I would be yelling at them. I ain't like it. That was just my preference at the time. But again, the more honest I am, the more glory God gets. And the more vulnerable I am, the more honest I am within myself, the more I grow the more I can pick up pieces about myself from ways back when and be like, wow, so that's why I did that. Wow, so that's why when I'm in certain situations, I get uncomfortable. And okay, so how do we navigate around the uncomfortable? That's literally what this whole sermon, this whole series is about. And it's literally going from trauma to triumph. So, I wrote some stuff, um, this was on November 5th. I said, continue to go to the Holy Spirit for answers. Continue to be honest, no matter who attempts to destroy, destroy your truth. I'm gonna say that again. Continue to be honest, no matter who attempts to destroy your truth. That's a word in itself right there, y'all. That's a word in itself because Seriously, it, it really is so extremely powerful that I don't even think we understand how powerful it is when we're able to speak out against the people that are trying to slander us, against the people that are trying to um, discredit us. Because, the, oh my goodness, that is it's so powerful. It is incredibly powerful to be able to say, I'm going to use my voice anyway, even though you're trying to silence me. It's scary. There are some scary undertones. I am not saying that it's easy. 
but you have to also imagine both sides you have to see it from okay look at the warrior's perspective she overcame so much to be able to say this he overcame so much to be able to say their story and then you have to look at it from the lens of the actual person that's committing the the crime against the other person or that's committing the the pain against the other person as well because that individual is more than likely always almost nine times out of ten going to twist the narrative so that it's in their favor. But I challenge y'all this, to look at it from this perspective. And this is crazy. Have y'all ever thought about why someone has been so adamant that that is their truth when they are trying to discredit the other person? Have you ever noticed the lengths that a different individual that the person that is being accused will go to to make sure that their voice is heard like mm, have y'all ever noticed that when a person is coming out and they're sharing their story and they're saying this happened to me this happened to me i have experienced this have y'all ever noticed how loud the person that is being accused gets to drown out the person that's actually speaking the truth? And it's crazy because I say that as someone who has been in that exact scenario. It happened to me. It literally happened to me. And I kept praying. I kept trying to figure out why the heck nobody heard me. But now I know every time I spoke out, every time I was so close to telling the truth, that person would intervene, intervene every chance they got. until so one day, one day, someone in my family was like, will you shut up? I'm trying to hear my daughter talk. Somebody said that. And that was the moment that she retreated. That was the moment that they retreated, she retreated, whatever. I ain't, I ain't sugarcoating nothing no more because you already know my story. So it is what it is. I'm proud of who I am to this day. So I ain't letting that shit get taken away from me. And I just got to say that. And that's that on that. But for real, when that happened, that person left the room immediately after. And this is how they left. I, well, you don't want to hear what I got to say. So I'm leaving. Okay okay, go ahead and leave then so I can talk to her, so I can see what she's saying, what's, what's really going on then. And that was so wild to me because that is the way we exist in this world. The person who's a, who has done the damage will try to drown you out with their cries of, don't listen to her, don't listen to him. I can't believe you would believe him. I can't believe you would you would accuse her. I can't believe you all of that. I can't believe all of that. You a liar. All of that. All man, she trying to tear people. All of that. Nah, nah. So, to recap, Thomas got a new nickname. I forget what the first nickname was, but. When I first heard this story, I was in church some years ago. I'm 
last time I've been to church, like with my family, was when I was a kid. So I had to be, it doesn't necessarily matter, but like to give context, I think it was like 2014, roughly, maybe around that time. But anyway, this was the first time that I heard the sermon that we're talking about now. The first time that I heard this story that we're talking about. Not the, not necessarily the sermon, but the story. And I don't remember what nickname they gave Thomas originally. Worrying Thomas. I don't know. I have no clue what they what they gave him. I don't know. I don't know what they gave him. I don't remember. But I know that when I first heard it, I said to myself, he's being honest. And I remember, I recall like sitting in the church and like I had said it low. Um, but somebody else had heard me and they were like, what'd you say? And I was like, I said he's being honest. And somebody was like trying to tell me that no, he wasn't being honest. He was, you know, because the whole point of the sermon was different. So I was like, okay, that's how y'all took it. That's how I took it. So it's interesting to see it come back full circle where I'm now an adult and I'm hearing the same story again. And the pastor is saying, no, we're going to give him a new name. Honest Thomas. It's it's very, it's very powerful for me. It's very validating for me because when I first said that, whoever it was sitting next, oh excuse me, whoever it was sitting next to me was like, "No, he's X, Y, and Z. You didn't even get the lesson." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I didn't believe it, but I was just like, "See, this is why." Again, made to silence, made to make me stay silent. It was like, "Okay, got it." Like, y'all just never, y'all don't understand it. It's cool, but what's interesting that I find the most interesting about all of it is that even though Thomas was given a different name, he was still honest. He was still open. He said, look, yeah, so that man came to see y'all, but he didn't come to see me. And I spent all this time with him. I broke bread with him. I, I I stitched his wounds. I did like I did all these different things with him. I spent so much time with him, but he didn't he he didn't reveal himself to me after he came back. Mm. Yeah. Y'all can have that. Yeah, y'all y'all can have that. Happy for you, but not happy for me. I died. he was honest. And a lot of times people are not honest about where they are in their life or in their walk at all, in their faith at all. A lot of times people are pretentious, superficial. When you ask them how they're, how they're actually doing, you get the superficial answers of, oh, I'm doing good, how are you? But what you're really trying to ask is like, you're trying to ask something more deeper. You're trying to really see how they actually are like, how are how is your mental health and i know that from experience because i've had people who used to ask me how was i 
and I constantly would tell him I'm fine when I was nowhere near fine. I would constantly say I'm good when I was nowhere near good. And it was because of, if you be honest, this society, this world has condemned people for it. Prime example for pop culture reference so people can understand even more. Right now, unfortunately, the whole situation with domestic violence uh, warriors and um, people who have suffered from the violence of other people, whether that be same-sex partner relationships or um, heterosexual partner relationships, uh, it's so hard for them to speak out because it's not even that they won't, they fear that they won't be believed. It's that they fear that if they're honest, the punishment is going to be far worse than them being honest, than them being free. Right. So right now there's a whole social media frenzy going on where they're saying, oh, they want to get back at, um, like Kiki Palmer's ex and all these other scenarios, all these other celebrity couples that have experienced, you know, domestic violence and have spoken out about it. But it really is the snitches get stitches mentality because I'm seeing the backlash from it already where some people are like, well, why didn't she do this? And why didn't she do that? But then there are people that are on her side that are like, well, I pray that she gets um, keeps that restraining order, da, 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 or she should have chose better, or she should have done this. And then there's also this other narrative where you're getting the, the accused, the, the person who's accused side and he's clearly making, and, and this is from somebody who has been through domestic violence, He's making threats. They're veiled, but they're threats. Because to post online and say, I love you, son, see you soon. Knowing full well what you've done to the child's mom is a, is a full-fledged threat against the mom. Because you've already exhibited a, I don't give two things of remorse trying to not cuss, but I don't care about what I did. I don't care about the consequences that may come. I'm going to see my son. Even though you have already had, at this point, we've now got, you've got, or not we, allegedly there is a restraining order against you for the the actions that you've committed against your ex-partner. That's a threat to me. That's a threat. And one thing about it and two things for certain, abusive individuals will give you everything but a way out. They will give you everything but a way out. They will have the honeymoon phase. Then they'll have the phase where they just don't even fuck with you and you think everything cool. And then it's literally a manipulative game every step of the way. 
you think that everything's okay one minute and the next minute they snap you don't know and then you add alcohol into that oh it's a firestorm it is a problem it is a dangerous environment to raise someone in let alone be in yourself so it's interesting that we still live in society where it's snitches get stitches when megan the stallion came out and allegedly said all these different things about her situation with with tory lanes and um the shooting there were not enough people that stood by her or not and there were not enough people that were rightfully happy that he was condemned for his actions that he was actually punished for his actions and that's really disheartening because one it's like the truth comes out and automatically there are so many people that are like no 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 he didn't do that no 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 that didn't happen and i know from experience because when i was trigger warning when i was assaulted in um 2018 um I had a group of people that uh, I'm trying to find the words um, that um, that chose to believe false things like I went through the ringer y'all. And I'm going to just put it simply, maybe one day I'll be willing to like share that for real. But I went through the ringer. Those who were with me in it know exactly what I'm talking about. But this went on for, I'm trying to count the number of months. Seven, April. uh roughly 10 months roughly that uh entire year after it happening um in october yeah like it happened in october my pre-trial was in january and leading up to that pre-trial it was the worst the absolute worst experience I could have ever I ain't gonna say it was the worst experience of my life but it was the most revealing season that I had ever been in because people that I thought were my friends were not my friends period there were select people that were there but then there were other people that were just accusing me of lying um accusing me of trying to do it to get attention or doing it to get money or just to ruin someone's life and it was it, it was very very shocking but i'm gonna tell you what was more surprising that the number of men that justified the actions of the man even after one of the men knew that this was in the nature of the attacker who I did not know <laughs> it was it was so crazy it was so mind blowing because 
again, I was in this, this state of snitches get stitches because every day I was getting some form of, did he actually do it? Or are you just making that up? Because some women lie about that. And there are very select few of women that will lie about it. But as someone who has experienced it, I have a tendency to believe all women. And maybe that's a flaw. I don't know. I'll work on that eventually, maybe if I need to. But I have a tendency to believe all women because I have been through it personally myself. So I'm never just going to be like, that's not going to be the first thing that comes out of my mouth. Did you? Did it actually happen? Although, granted, at times... It was because I didn't want to believe that this is something that my friend had experienced, but I believed their story. I just wanted to be sure, like, okay, well, let's let's do what we got to do. I'm ready to go wherever you are, whatever you are, you know? But again, we still live in this world of stitch, snitches. Oh, why do I keep saying that? Snitches get stitches mentality. And that causes so many people that have experienced trauma to feel like, Especially trauma from another person. Trauma by the hands of another person that you didn't inflict on yourself. Even if that person like forced you to do it, whatever the case may be. Like if they inflicted it on you and they keep doing it and then they stop and then they keep doing it and then they stop and then they keep doing it. It puts you through a mental warfare of having to constantly be on guard. Like I can't. I, I, there's certain things that I just won't allow to partake, to, to, to go down in like my relationships with friends or my relationships period, because I just don't fuck with it at all because it takes me back to that place where I have to fend you off. And I just don't like having to be in that space. Who, who would, but in this world where we have this snitches get stitches mentality. It really makes you think about what that does to someone's voice. That's all I kept thinking about was like, what does that do to someone's voice when they're going through these traumatic things? And as someone who has gone through these traumatic things and couldn't wait to turn 18 and then at 18, it's still happening. Like it, it was very mind blowing for me, but like, it sucks because we still exist in that world to this day. Like I see it every day on social media. I know there aren't a lot of people that think like this. Like, you know, like I'm not just the only one that thinks like this, but there's so much more evidence on social media commentary where you can see, oh, I'm not saying shit. And I see it within my own family too. Like my sibling one of my siblings used to reiterate that to me all the time. And even to this day still says, no, I'm not saying nothing because snitches get stitches. And I'm like, why, why do you say that? Like, I'm still that person that questions that because I just don't think that that is a fair statement. That's never been a fair uh, statement whatsoever, especially given the fact that your voice should never be silenced because of someone else. And it took me a long time to realize that your story should never be destroyed because of someone else, especially if their actions are what's causing you to have the story in the first place. Like prime example, 
one of the things that I was told would happen to me if I ever spoke out about my true story and my real testimony. And I say real because a lot of people gave me a testimony when I first started speaking out. You know, they assumed certain things and I never corrected them because when I was trying to correct them, I never got the chance to. I was questioned so hard and and punished so hard for even voicing my voice and utilizing my voice in any capacity about my childhood that I didn't have the space to say, no, uh, this is what actually happened instead. Because they use their voice to drown you out, as I'm saying. But like one of the things that was a punishment or that was often threatened to me or was a consequence that was often um, presented to me was I would lose my family or um, somebody would go to jail or um, I'd be responsible for ruining someone's life or <laughs> um, their, their personal favorite used to be um, I would be I, like I said, I would lose my family. I would be responsible for someone to go to jail. But more specifically, I would lose my mom. More specifically, I would lose my mom. And I would lose all of the friends that I had through the abuse. That I, that I, the, the friends that I made through the abuse. Because those weren't actually my friends. They were my abuser's friends. So... And I would lose contact with the abusers. And again, keep in mind, the abusers are my family. So if I speak out, it would be like, oh, if you tell anybody, you're going to lose us forever. We're never going to talk to you again. We'll make sure that you're all alone. We'll isolate you. Basically, if I could put it in adult terms now, if you tell somebody that this is what we're doing, that this is what is happening to you, you will lose everyone around you. I will make sure, I will see to it that you lose everyone around you. And for a while, that is what happened. I did not talk to my family for mm, two years, maybe even longer. And simply because I didn't feel like I had anybody, you know, and when I, it wasn't until I corrected and did the inner work for myself to get to the point where I was like, well, this isn't the situation and I can actually speak out on it now. You know, I can actually um, use my voice that I realized that there were people in the family that actually genuinely still wanted to connect with me and they didn't want me to be gone. But because I had been told that that was going to be the consequence for so long, well, when it started to look like it was happening, I was like, I had already made peace with the fact like, okay, this is what, this is what's going to happen. So again, a lot of the times when you're going through something, especially when you're healing, especially when you're dealing with, with struggles that you don't really feel like you get a chance to speak out on or have the space to speak out on you feel that the consequence is going to be far worse than you actually telling your story. It's a lot easier to sit with the pain than it is to actually sit with the freedom. It really is.
Freedom is a hard thing to come by. Whew. It is a very hard thing to come by because even when I went through it in 2018, I was not truly free because I remember one day like when I felt so happy that it was finally off my shoulders, it was finally off my, it was finally done. It was finally put to rest. I could finally bury it and leave it there and leave my past there and not have to go back to it. I ran into someone and immediately that was the first thing that they brought up. And I was like, I'm going back in the house. <laughs> like I'm going back in the house because dang it, I was so happy. Now I'm panicking. Now I'm sad. Like all these different things. But in this same vein, I really wanted to be known that if you're struggling with anything, no matter what it is, please understand that your voice is far more important than any consequence that could ever be threatened against you. Truly. Because... It keeps you in a victim mindset. It's it's a tactic, y'all. If y'all have access to this in any way, it is a tactic to keep you there. They want you to feel like you need them. They want you to feel like you can't go anywhere without them. They want you to feel like you have to be isolated. They want you to feel like there's no one there because you know why? That's where their power lies. The moment that they can make you feel like, oh, I have her, I have him, I have them. I got them right where I want them. I got them in a desperate enough space where they will do anything and everything for me because I am a sob story. I'm a walking problem and I know that I'm a walking problem and I don't want to get help, but I'm going to act like I want to get help. But I'm a, it's all a tactic and it's hard to see that when you're on the inside. I know that. I have friends. I have a ton of friends that I, that whose stories just resemble my own. And it sickens me because I've been there and sometimes I have that whole like survivor's guilt, survivor's remorse where it's like, dang, I made it out, but some of some of the people that I care about are still dealing with these chaotic, this chaotic nature. And I know that their healing is not my responsibility, but sometimes it feels like I just want to go save them all. I want to save every single person that has suffered from abuse in any way. And it's crazy because I've always been this person, not even crazy, it's ironic. I've, it's symbolic, actually. I've always wanted to be the person that goes back to her roots and says, nah, I'm tearing this bitch up. <laughs> I'm tearing it up. I'm tearing it from the ground up. And now that I've actually done that, I am able, I'm, I'm a testament. I'm, I'm a, I hope I'm, a, I'm an inspiration to you guys. Because seriously, I'm able to go back to my hometown and be like, okay, that shit happened. Let's move on. Let's go to somewhere else. Let's let's go to the pain, to the let's go to the places where 
I experience pain and create new memories in there. Let's go to the places where I experience the most hurt and experience joy. Because if you recreate memories there, it takes the power away. Now, I ain't done that with everything, but I've done that slowly over time. And snitches get stitches needs to really just die. This whole mentality that snitches get stitches, it really needs to go away. But the funny thing is, I've been I've been the type of person where I have always asked the questions and I have always been the one to be like, oh, okay, so snitches get stitches because not that I believe it, but I've said it in conversation and the other person been like, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and in my brain, I just want to be like, like in my head and out loud, I really just want to be like, that's a terrible mentality to have. Like, uh, or, or sometimes I really just find myself saying, I'm like, that's a terrible mentality to have because it's just awful. And then they'll be like, yeah, I know, but it is what it is. And I'll be like, but it doesn't have to be that way. And then I'll leave it at that because how do you fend against something that has been so ingrained in our our culture that I'm <laughs> it can't just be me doing that. It def- most certainly wouldn't just be me, but it's like there has to be an uprising of individuals that are sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of hearing <laughs> snitches get stitches because this is not a colloquialism that we should have. This is not a mentality, a mindset, a power power of the tongue phrase that we should even have on our tongues, on our hearts, on our minds, on our spirits because at the end of the day, it's all about being honest and authentic. That's why that. That's why I will never understand another debate that's going on on social media is literally about freaking dudes that cheat on their girlfriend, but they have friends that see them cheat on their girlfriend and they will say zero to her. But you think that he's going to give you the same loyalty when he's out here doing dirt on his girl in front of you? And you know he has a girl? That's betrayal. That's betrayal. I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. That's betrayal. But it still happens to this point where the dude will be like, that ain't my business. How is it not your business? That's your friend cheating on his girlfriend that you know, you know of, and you know he has. But you can't tell the girl, nah, don't mess with him. He got a girl. I mean, that speaks to both of y'all's characters. And not just that circumstance, but the circumstance in which this generally comes up, where somebody is testing someone's loyalty, or not even testing someone's loyalty. They are putting it to the to the to the pressure cooker. They ain't testing it, they put it to the flame. They set it on fire because they're like, well, I'm just gonna cheat on her in front of you because they're selfish and they want to do it anyway so they're gonna do that and then after they do said thing they don't swear you to secrecy they give you a look like bruh i can't believe i just did that <laughs> and that friend says don't worry bro i, I got you i ain't gonna tell 
why? Can I ask why? Can I pose that question? Why would you not want to say anything? It's like this backwards math where it's like the person that witnesses the abuse or the person that, and I'm saying abuse because <laughs> whatever. In that scenario, the person that witnesses the secret, the person that witnesses the lie, and even the people that are bystanders to the abuse, they will say, I'm not going to say nothing. Why not? I'm sorry, but why won't you say anything? Is it is it cut snitches get stitches? Oh, that's sad. Because again, you're allowing someone else to dictate the way that you exist in this world. The way that you want to um, live in this world. The way that you want to speak. The way that you want to move. The way that you want to act. The way that you authentically are. And it's, it, would be, it would be such a shame to find out that a whole bunch of people just feel like, well, it ain't my problem. I'm not going to get involved. And that's how they truly, genuinely, honestly a thousand percent feel and they're going to stand 10 toes down on that and I, I would be so hurt i would be so crushed to find that that is the way that this world runs because that's why there are so many abusive situations that people don't know about that's why there are so many hurtful situations that people don't know about that's why there's so much betrayal because if i if someone finds out if someone close to you finds out that you knew about something that was harmful to them and you didn't tell them yeah that's grounds for blockage i'm sorry you're canceled you're blocked you're done i'm I'm done because if you knew about the thing that hurt me and you didn't you didn't communicate with me that hurts and i say that as someone who has been in that experience too had a family member when i first said my situation that happened to me too. What the heck? But you let me go through it for this long? And you didn't think to come and fix it? <laughs> you you knew about it and didn't think to come and fix it. Okay. that That's a different thing. That's a different level of... Okay. It's very interesting when we look at it from a whole perspective of to be honest in this world, it's going to take faith. It's going to take the right friends, the right friends, friends that pour into you when you're ready and willing to be poured into because a lot of the times we can just shut down and we can shut people out, but they're not going to leave you. That's what I wanted to say. Those type of friends will never desert you in your time of need. I want to run it back there. Um, it's going to take focus. You have to acknowledge the pain. No judgment, only awareness. Be aware of the things that have caused you pain. Be aware of the things that have caused you to be the person that you are or to pick up some, some character traits that you have picked up. But allow them to just be. Do the inner work to set yourself free from those attachments that probably aren't necessarily even yours, but it's going to take focus, acknowledgement of the pain and focus on peace, focus on Jesus, focus on God, focus on whatever you believe in, but it's going to take focus. Let's say you're on a healing journey 
because you're trying to heal from being addicted to certain things. Maybe it's drugs, maybe it's sex, maybe it's stealing, uh, maybe it's maybe you're just completely addicted to sin in whatever form that is. Maybe, maybe you're addicted to manipulation. Maybe you're addicted to lying. Maybe you're addicted to <laughs> Ooh, getting real. <laughs> Ooh, getting real. I don't want to say that. <laughs> maybe, fuck it, I'm going to say it. Maybe you're addicted to sexual abuse. Maybe you're addicted to sexual exploitation. Maybe you're, and like I said, we getting uncomfortable. We getting real, real. I said, I'm being honest. This is the truth. I'm saying these are some of the things that people can be addicted to. And these are some of the things that people need to be honest about. Maybe you're addicted to gambling. Maybe you're addicted to drinking. Maybe you just might be addicted to the harmful things that you could potentially do to children. <laughs> Maybe you're addicted to causing pain on children because you didn't get the <laughs> love and affection when you were a kid and you want someone to feel that pain as well, i.e. my abuser. I'm just saying. Maybe you're addicted to breaking the psyche of kids or the psyche of people because you like to have an addiction over control or you have an addiction to power or an addiction to <laughs> all of it, just all of it. Maybe you're addicted to being an asshole and you define yourself as an asshole and think that that gives you some type of level up against other people because at least you're honest about being an asshole but the thing is why are you proud about being an asshole when at the end of the day courtesy of my therapist there is no such thing as a good asshole so <laughs> why are you going around telling people i'm an asshole <laughs> i'm just saying these are things that we got to be honest about in order to be honest it's going to take faith it's going to take friends that are willing to grow with you during your transformation, whatever that may be, whether you're speaking out about your story, whether you're speaking out about someone else's story, whether you're saying something of importance to you, those friends are going to stand by you. They're not going to leave you. They're not going to be like, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to mess with her right now. She, she on her depressing stuff. And that's another thing. If you're depressed and I just got to, put this in there because that just brought up something for me. If you're depressed, don't ever let nobody try to ask you to hang out or you try to ask somebody to hang out and they're like, man, you can hang out with us, but you can't be on no depression shit. Okay. I'm not, I'm going to see my way out because if you can't understand me at my lowest, then you definitely don't deserve me at my best. And that's what I'm going to say on that. We're going to talk about that the next time I come back. But to recap again, we was at number three. <laughs> it's going to take 
Focus, acknowledgement of the pain, but focus on peace, focus on salvation, focus on God, focus on whatever your ultimate end goal is for healing for yourself. For me, that's peace. For me, that's Jesus. For me, that is <laughs> literally salvation. At the end of the day, that is what it's always been about. It has always been about me being a better person for my future family, for my future self. That's what it has always been about. And it has always also been about me finding peace because I lived in a chaotic environment my entire life. My That is full stop. After that, it's going to take falling apart. That shit hard. <laughs> that shit is still hard because it's gonna take being vulnerable. It's going to take you falling apart. It's going to take you being a mess. You are not going to be carefully curated, perfected together when you are in this trauma to triumph state. That is not what's going to happen. When you are dismantling snitches get stitches mentality, you are not going to be perfectly <laughs> kept. You are going to fall apart. And baby, that's okay. You know that saying, it's okay not to be okay? It is perfectly okay not to be okay. Show up with a with a messed up hairdo if you want to. Show up with the, with the tears on your face. It is okay. I'm talking tear-stained t-shirts. It's okay. It's okay. And lastly, it's going to take vulnerability for you to be renewed and restored in your mind body and soul a hundred percent full stop and i want this to be said again said it in part one we said it in part two this is very important y'all freedom is the goal the truth is the path towards freedom confession is the key and healing is the result now, if that don't get y'all spirits running and set a fire underneath you to do the work for yourself, to go and go to therapy, to find the right resources, to find the right friends, to change up your circle if you need to, I don't know what will. Because the truth is, the reality is, when healing, you have to be able to be honest and truthful and true to yourself because the thing is you're never going to heal if you are trying to deal with the perception of someone else if you're trying to deal with how other people are seeing you and you're trying to say okay yeah i'm in therapy all right cool and this is what i'm going through and this is what i'm dealing with but you're not being honest yeah you ain't gonna be healing very long you ain't gonna be in therapy very long because you're not going to be shedding nothing. You're not going to be learning nothing. You're not going to be growing. You're going to stay stagnant. There are a lot of people that go into therapy and think, oh, it's just me venting about my day. <laughs> the therapist don't ask you, how was your day? The therapist says, how are you? Where is your mental status at today? Are you happy? Are you being kind to yourself? Oh, my favorite, my personal favorite, which used to make me upset and uncomfy in that chair she would sit I would sit down and she would say how are you feeling today and I'd be like um what <laughs> I would be so taken aback 
by that simple question, how are you feeling today? How are you? How have you been? Okay, what are some things that we need to work on? What are some things that you want to you wanna, um, target this week or this month or on this or in this session? What are some things that you want to target? I promise you, as someone who used to do it, you cannot just go up in that therapist's office and tell her all of your problems or tell them all of your problems from the lens of, I don't know what to do and I need you to help me. What's the solution? Because that's not therapy. Therapy is doing the inner work on yourself. I can't tell you how many sessions I had where I was just sitting there talking about relationship shit because I didn't want to talk about myself. Constantly talking about, well, this ex did this. This ex did this. I was in an abusive relationship. I was in a domestic violence situation. I was in this. I was in the Man, one day I kept deflecting and my therapist was like, we're never going to get anywhere if we keep talking about everybody else's problems and not what you came here to talk about, which is your childhood. You came here to unpack and unlearn. How are we going to unlearn and unpack if you're talking to me about what so-and-so said to you in a, in a toxic relationship and you're asking me, why did they do that? I'm not here for that. I'm here for you. That was the realest thing she had ever said. The next time we spoke, I told her everything. The next time we spoke, all that stuff that I was suppressing, you know, it all came out, all of it. But I say that to say that a lot of people have a misconception about therapy and what that actually is and what it looks like. Therapy looks different for other people. I know that. But at the end of the day, there's one thing that therapy has in common, that all forms of therapy has in common. It starts with you. It's all about you. Therapy is not about other people. It is not the platform for you to go in there and say, well, my dad does X, Y, and Z, and I don't know how to get him to stop. It ain't about getting him to stop. It's about you changing your reaction to it. It's about you doing something different, replacing the negative with positive reinforcement, replacing the negative experiences with something that you can actually understand. It's not going to cause you to spiral anymore. Instead, you're going to grab hold of it and you're going to redirect your frame of thought into, okay, well, why am I panicking? Where did this start? How did this happen? Okay, maybe this happened because my dad did this. Maybe this happened because my mom did this. Maybe this, this, maybe I'm this way. You know what I mean? It's putting the pieces together in yourself. It's understanding why you are the way that you are. A lot of people think that therapy is about the other person and it's not, it's not. And if you go to therapy with someone, it's about doing the work to see why y'all relationship is the way that y'all relationship is. It ain't about placing blame on the other person. It ain't about placing blame on either one of y'all. It's about coming to the middle and figuring out, okay, I reacted in this way because of this and she reacted in this way because of that. It's not about, oh, man, I blame you for all my problems. <laughs> it is not about that. It is not about that. It is about being honest. This is why I believe in therapy and theology, just like Pastor Michael Todd has been saying. 
therapy and theology is where true healing can truly begin. And it doesn't matter what you believe in either. Like I said, mine is with Jesus. Mine is with peace. Mine is with solace. Mine is with any the opposite of chaos. For real. So with that being said, I don't even know what episode I'm on. All I know is that <laughs> this is Queen J with Let's Get Uncomfortable. And this episode was titled Damage But Not Destroyed, Snitches Get Stitches Recap. I love you all. Thank you so much for your support. If y'all want to hear more, be sure to sign up for my Patreon. Be sure to take a look at my Instagram if y'all want to hear more. Um, and if y'all, as always, if y'all want to comment and let me know what y'all thought of the episode, that is totally fine by me. Um, y'all can follow me at officially queen J on Instagram and underscore officially Janae H on TikTok. Um, I'm going to make sure that I'm more active on there because I have a, uh, I have some people that be, been y'all been requesting some stuff for me. So I got some good things in store for y'all. Y'all are going to be blessed by these episodes. I can assure you of that. That is one thing for certain. <laughs> and I appreciate y'all for tuning in. I truly, truly, truly support y'all warriors. Know that this is a step-by-step journey, a day-by-day. And should you need support, please do not hesitate to find that support. Um, I'm going to have a resources. I have a resources page on my website. Um, it is under www.vfvls.org or not, not .org, .com, my fault. <laughs> anyway. It's, it's going to be there. I'll put it in the description of this episode. Um, I'm trying to think if I forgot anything else. Um, oh, for those that attended Words and Power, I do have the visuals. I do have the recording of that. I will be dropping that soon. Um, that will be exclusive to my Patreon. So for those who didn't attend Words and Power, um, I will be posting that on my Patreon. And you guys can enjoy the experience there. Um, with that being said, this has been Queen J. Thank you for seeing and hearing me. Thank you so much. I love y'all. Bye.